the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, excuse me. (laughs) Welcome back. Phew. Things are heating up. Yeah. Boy, if you look at what's going on in the stock market, by the way, today, as I promised last week, I said we would start talking about stocks first for all the stock pickers out there who feel abandoned. (laughs) This show is the first part of this show is going to be dedicated to you guys. Uh, the second part of the show, we'll talk a little bit about guaranteed income with bonds being so low and probably not going a lot higher anytime real soon. You got to be a little creative now and look for some different um, ideas as far as generating income from a portfolio. So we've got a couple of those for you. And then uh, then we'll end with the picture of the economy. Uh, how I see things happening, what's happening right now, which is really the most important thing is observing what's going on right now. The vast majority of people get hung up on trying to be able to predict the future. Well, that's difficult to do no matter who you are. Okay. Especially if you're trying to predict it over a relatively short time period. In other words, less than five years. Okay. That's almost impossible and almost exclusively luck if you uh, are able to do that. So the good news is you don't have to be able to. You don't have to be able to predict what the economy is going to do, what the, when the stock market is going to make its big moves in order to benefit from it tremendously. So I guess that should be a little bit of a relief for those of you that think that you have to get that right. You really don't. And I know a lot of you are not old enough to know who Peter Lynch was. But let me tell you something. If you put a $10,000 investment into his fund when he began running it, running it, running it, <laughs> when you began running it, he began running it. I can't speak it all today. Anyway, it would have been worth about $330,000 13 years later when he quit. Think about that. That's like, that's like Bitcoin type <laughs> price movement. And he was a big advocate of saying, you know, don't look at forecasts, look at what is, look at what the company's doing. Are they growing? Are they overpriced? Is it, do you understand the business? Okay. And really basic kind of stuff and put together that kind of a track record. And one thing that made me laugh is his comment. He was giving a speech somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but 
he said he he gave uh, economic um, reports a whole 15 minutes a year. That's what he gave. <laughs> so by the way, this guy's the best that ever lived. Nobody's even come remotely close to what he's done. And, and probably won't, by the way, because so many things have changed to prevent that from happening. But even, uh, even without that, just a fantastically successful investor. And uh, he said he spent 15 minutes a year. And by the way, he felt like he had wasted that 15 minutes. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about it. But, and, and I think there, there are some uses for it. It's just not like a crystal ball. That, that's the bottom line. It's not like a crystal ball. It can be beneficial uh, just to keep up. And I think it's, it's really a psychological issue. Uh, it helps you out more psychologically than it does um, intellectually uh, or being able to improve on the returns that you're going to get from your investments. And everybody's going to need to have returns. I mean, everybody needs returns. Um, one of the things that you can do, and I, I actually almost kind of feel bad now that I've shown a lot of people a technique that's been working for, I don't know, since the guy wrote about it back in the 1940s. His name was Richard Donkin. Um, I put up a website that, you know, it's along with uh, Mike Seeger. Mike Seeger's running it now. It's called Look Out for the Bull. We talk about it. it it's easy to talk, a lot harder to do. You know, and for those of you that have been around the block a few times, and uh, when I was young in my career, I, I realized that talking to people that were under the age of 50, most of the time was a waste of your breath because they just needed to learn certain lessons and they wouldn't learn them until they got about into their 50s. And that was an observation that one of the older, wiser brokers that worked in the same firm that I did back then, we were all called brokers, yeah, not financial advisors, the, uh, but this old, wiser broker was very successful. And he said, look, Bill, you know, until people get into their 50s, they haven't had their head beat in enough times to realize that may ne they may need some help. <laughs> and then he said, and some of them never do. So I was like, wow. So and what it was uh, telling me was, yeah, you got to lay it out there. So the, the ones that get it right away are going to get it and probably do fairly well with it. The ones that don't, won't. And uh, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. So, uh, uh, and I like, by the way, I like buying and selling individual stocks. It's not day trading. I don't, I would never do that. They, that was hard when it was easy. And there was a time when it was easier than it is today, but it was still really hard. And today I'm telling you, you're competing against machines that measure their execution speed on shares bought or sold in one millionth of a second. They call it a millisecond. And I think the average is somewhere around 10 milliseconds, 10 millionths of a second. Uh, if you can compete, if you're that fast, um, you should be on one of those Marvel Universe movies <laughs> or the DC <laughs> Flash. But uh, anyway, so stocks, you know, we're looking at uh, individual stocks and, and I feel bad for a lot of people who want to get this. You got to get a method down. There, there are two basic methods to doing this. You can do the Warren Buffett thing, and I do a little bit of that, where I look at a business. I try not to overpay for the business. I try to find a business I think that in five years is probably going to be selling for at least twice as much as it's selling for today. And by the way, if you're successful doing that, that's a that's an average annual return of 15% a year. 
you won't have to save too much money to be able to retire very young and very wealthy at that rate. Um, that's actually higher, the higher rate of return than Warren Buffett's had throughout his lifetime. And um, for a long time, though, he was a lot higher than that. And it, as you get bigger, it gets harder. Uh, the more money you get, you know, the harder it is to manage. So that that's an advantage that the smaller investor has over the larger investor. So if you're if you're going to be a Warren Buffett type of investor, and, and I do some of that, I try to invest in companies that I think are have a good long term edge. And one of mine is right back to almost where I bought it after having doubled. Um, that is a uh, usual. That is normal. Uh, the good news is I don't have a loss in it, and I'm just going to actually I'm going to add to sh- I'm going to add shares into that company because they're actually they've actually grown during that whole time period and they're a lot closer to having profit margins that are a lot wider than they have been in the past that company's name is purple by the way the it's the purple mattress company and uh, it'll probably crash now that i just said all that <laughs> that's the uh, uh that what is that that's a superstitious part of me <laughs> coming out but uh yeah it was up over 100 percent, and then uh now it's back to just barely above where i bought it and i'm like yeah well it's probably time to add to it and uh, I just got a, they've got big profit margins. They're doing a lot of stuff. If you want to look it up, you can go ahead and see it. Uh, the symbol is PRPL. Uh, the price right now is twenty bucks, uh, just a little over twenty dollars. It was over forty bucks in March of last year, and then uh, you know, of course, everything starts coming down. And uh, well, actually, that it started coming down. It was March of the year before that that it was down quite a bit. She went from a price of 15 bucks down to right around four. Think about that for a second. What, you know, it's really funny when I say that kind of stuff, people go, oh, wow, that's much too volatile for me. Really? Because, uh, well, how, how do you like Amazon? Oh yeah, I love Amazon. Amazon's wonderful. Really? So did you have Amazon back in 2000? Um, no. Do you know what Amazon sold for back in 2000? If you adjusted it for all the splits, Okay. Amazon, which they haven't really split very much, but the uh, Amazon got to a high price of 113 bucks back in the year, back in 1999, $113. Near the end of 2001, the price was down to five bucks. So you go from over a hundred to five. (laughs) Do you know why it did that? Because it's a stock, and that's what they do. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Amazon, and has well some a little bit, but it had more to do with the pre- the fact that it was a stock. Amazon had never turned a profit yet at that point in time, so it was a lot like Bitcoin. You know, except that Bitcoin's never going to turn a profit, so I wouldn't touch that at all. Actually, that was a horrible uh, comparison. <laughs> Bitcoin has no value. Amazon makes billions of dollars you know, generates a a lot of cash. They were actually generating cash back then, but when they, uh, they were writing, they had so much in write-offs because they were investing so aggressively and so heavily that by the time they, uh, it came to profits, they had spent most of their profits on more equipment and expanding their business and were able to absorb the, uh, uh or not have to pay a lot of taxes because they didn't, you know, weren't showing a lot of profits. So anyway, by the way, that, that price, at five bucks a share, five dollars and sixty-seven cents was actually the low, 
after having been over 110 bucks. So now you go to today, Amazon's 3,413 bucks. But you would have had to live through that 95% decline. It would have taken you several years just to get back to a break-even point. And then the rest, they say, is history. So I just wanted to point that out. And, uh, you know, Apple, Apple's done incredibly well. Apple had a 17-year time period where your investment would not have grown. 17 years. You can go look this stuff up, by the way. There's a program called Telechart or TC2000. Just go back, Google that. Take a trial version of it. They give you stock history on every stock that's trading now uh, going back, I don't know, 40, 50 years. Um, yeah, over 40 or 50 years. So you can see all this stuff. And and the reason I, I say that is I, occasionally I get people who uh, accuse me of making this up. Like you, you just, you just made up those numbers. First of all, I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> it's against the law. When you have a securities license, you cannot do that. So you have to point out the, uh, it's got to be factual or you have to believe that the data that you're taking it from uh, is accurate. So I'm pretty sure this stuff is pretty accurate. I've been using this software for an extremely long time period. So anyway, I was going to run my scans and you know what I did? I, uh, um, because it's, I'm pre-recording this show and the market's not been open that long. There's, there's only one stock that's actually showing up on the scan. <laughs> so why don't I do this? I'll actually, um, talk about what to look for when you're looking for individual stocks. And again, if, if, if you're bored by this, hang on. Cause the, uh, we'll get to the other stuff later. Um, there's, there's some pretty good stuff today, especially on the uh, fixed income arena. That's, uh, what can you do when CDs are only paying you know, less than 1% 10 year treasuries paying 1.3 or somewhere around there. Actually that, yeah, about 1.3. That's hard. You know, in a million bucks, that's only $13,000 a year and your money's, you know, in a 10 year obligation, you can sell it before then, but if interest rates go up, you're probably going to get less money than you paid for it. So that's not good. Um, but 1.3% 13,000 on a million bucks. So I've got some other available options for you that we'll talk about in the second portion of this, um, today's show. But the lookout for the bull website, what, what it's doing is, is there's something that I noticed, um, having worked for tons of different financial service. Well, yeah, actually probably half a dozen different financial service companies over my career. Um, I got to see and learn a lot of different things. And one of the things that I learned is that if you're going to actively manage a portion of your portfolio, which is all I recommend that you do, some people try to actively manage the whole thing. I don't think that's a good idea anymore. It's the market's too quick. Share prices move much too quickly to be able to do that unless you have nothing else in the world left to do and you are dead set determined to sit there in front of that screen every day. Okay, if you've got that kind of time and that kind of money, then by all means, yeah, go ahead and do that. But if you're just like me and you just like to take a shot at some stocks, you set up a, a trading account and you look for things that these big portfolio managers are looking for. Why do you do that? Well, because those big portfolio managers are going to make those stocks move. So it would help you out a lot if you knew what kinds of things they like to see 
coming up on stocks scans. And we all scan, everybody that manages money scans. Does, they all, we all do screens. Because it'd be really, really difficult to look at all 3,000 stocks that are big enough for a mutual fund to invest in on a daily basis. You would have no time to do anything else. So basically, we're going to screen those things uh, different ways. Some of the portfolio managers just look for the financial statements. Some of us, like myself, I look for the financial statement, but I look for something that's moving. I'm looking for something that's moving. In, in fact, Peter Lynch said something that, that really made me sit up because I didn't think he looked at charts. And he did look at charts because he wanted to avoid stocks that were crashing. That's what I said. We'd take a look at the chart. You know, if the chart looks like it's going, if the stock looks like it's in a trend or a pattern down, wait, wait on that company. And uh, so that's basically, I took that to heart. I'm going to wait. What am I going to wait for? Well, I'm going to wait for the trend to be going back up again. Well, how do you define the trend going up? Go to look out for the bull and read it. I don't actually have time to go through all that right now, (laughs) but I, and it's free. You don't have to pay anything for that, but if you're looking to make money quickly, um, or you just, you know, I look at safety plus the uh, price movement. That's what I do. And I can tell you, it's cost me money over the years. Looking at safety and price movement has cost me money over the years. would be better off. I'd have been better off just looking at the price movement. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back after these messages. This is Bill Bullington. I'm right here on 1420. Stay tuned. Just like getting started Somehow we're still running Like those kids back then Kids back then Scrape some knees and falling down But somehow we keep getting back up Long And we're back or At least I am <laughs> This is Bill Bullington I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon If you've got a question Feel free to go to my website BullingtonCapital.com if you'd like to talk about retirement income planning, that's basically what we specialize in, building up enough assets to be able to retire one day. And then when we are able to retire, how are we going to start to take that money out? The, uh, what are we going to do? You've got CD rates that are so low. You're going to have to have some stocks. You're probably going to have to have some bonds just to control the amount of risk you're taking. Uh, or you use some of the fixed income that we've talked about on this show as well. And uh, I was just talking about the stock. So I'm going to kind of leave that for now. The uh, in Actually, in a minute. Because as we're speaking, there's a, a company called Big Five Sporting Goods Corporation. Okay, The symbol is BGFV. And it is actually up today 18%. It's at a 52-week high. Actually, it's at an all-time high. And the chart... Looks like this is a breakout, a, a classic breakout pattern. And it actually came up last night. It's up again today. But uh, price to sales ratio is 0.47, which is pretty good for that industry. I've seen them as high as one and a half or two. Uh, so it could potentially have more room to run. 
the the thing that's really neat about this is it's at an all-time high and people go why do would you want to buy an all-time high because there's nobody sitting there waiting to get back to break even <laughs> when a stock goes down 50% every time it goes up a little bit somebody's getting to break even and they're going to sell okay and when you get into a new all-time high, there's nobody there sitting there waiting to get back to even. And it could run. And it's got a fairly low valuation. And it's a sporting goods store. So it's not all that complicated. Um, but, um, but you know, I'll put a 5% position on something like this. Put a 10% initial stop on it or just my 17% trailing stop. 15% is a minimum. And my risk is going to be less than 1% of my portfolio because 15% of 5% is less than 1%. How cool is that? So I know my risk is only 1%. And by the way, that is the trick. It's not being the stock picker. Everybody thinks it's the guy that picks the right stocks. No, you buy the stocks that are moving right now. That's great. Okay. A lot of them are going to stop moving and start going backwards. So you got to get out of those and you have to minimize the losses. Minimizing your losses, uh, whether it's through this or let's say that the fixed index annuities I've been talking about for a while now, the reason I've been talking about them is because their their rates of return are much higher than bonds are. They're not bonds, so it's you know you can't really compare it to that. A bond's going to give you a very small amount of interest these days, but you can liquidate a bond. A lot of these, if you tried to liquidate the whole thing at once, you'd end up paying a penalty. So you wouldn't want to do that. You only want to put money in here that you're going to leave. In my personal advice on this, we're not supposed to give generic advice out to the general public, but you know, my personal advice is, is use this for a portion of your fixed income, which normally is a fairly large portion, particularly if you are getting close to retirement or you're already retired. So if you are using this for a portion of your money. Let, let me give you an example here. So I put up, let's say I, I had a guy call in and say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious how much would it cost? I, I, I've got a uh, bill. It's $5,000 a year, roughly 5,000. He rounded it up a little bit. It's for a, a Medicare supplement policy that he's going to be paying. How much would he have to have to pay that off uh, each year so that he wouldn't have to write checks and so I ran it up and this guy's uh, actually 66. He's probably laughing. I've actually, I've changed some of the data. This I've gotten this call three times now. What would it be to pay this? Okay, So he's going to be full retirement age next year. Uh, he's already paying for Medicare, but he just wanted to know how much money would I need to be able to pay that $5,000 a year? And the answer is 82168 uh, you got to invest today, 12 months from now, you'd get the 5,000 bucks. $82,000 in a 1% CD, you're going to get $820, not 5,000 bucks. That makes sense. That's why I'm looking at this. It's, it's actually the only reason I'm looking at this and you could do the same thing. Let's say you had something, you had something that you wanted to uh, pay for and you just wanted to take a chunk of, of cash out, lay it down, start the payments and let the payments go. You know, you're going to direct it directly at that bill that it comes in. That's a pretty good idea. That's a really good idea. The traditional 
method is you know put some money in there that you plan on converting into a stream of income one day. Uh, and you're just going to spend that or supplement your income with that. But you can also do what, what this guy was asking about, you know, do a, a, a very specific item that you just wanted to take care of. I think that's a, an intelligently, uh, uh, an awfully intelligently I, useful idea. And uh, does everybody need to do that? Probably not. You know, and everybody's a little bit different. That's that's another thing that, uh, well, if, if you n- haven't noticed, you know, it's probably because you're, you know, haven't started preschool yet that all people are different. <laughs> the um, people have different feelings over what they should do and how they should do things. And there's, you know, there aren't a whole lot of really right ways or, or one size fits all. You really have to sit down, think about what, do I want to accomplish here? What are the best ways of getting that done? So this is one really good way. If you've got a certain amount of income that you'd like to have, and you'd like to guarantee that that's going to come in, the guarantees are from insurance companies, by the way, they can't, they're not the federal government. Um, the, uh, federal government's guarantees on bonds right now, not real high. In fact, let me, uh, try to pull this up. And uh, I don't know if my internet connection is going to allow me to, but uh, you know, this is, uh, it, it never fails. There's, I must have an electromagnetic field around me that disrupts technology. I, I swear. And everybody that knows me has heard me say that a million times, but it just never fails whenever it's that I need to get something. The, you know, internet times out. <laughs> it's sitting there spinning while I'm looking at this. Hey, there, now it's starting to come up. Great. So yeah, here's what I was talking about. Uh, a one-year treasury bill right now is paying 0.16%. A two-year treasury note is paying 0.41. 0.41. Okay, so on $100,000, that would be $400 a year. That's what you get for a two-year treasury note. The 10-year is actually 1.5 right now. All right, so it's moved up a little bit. When that moves up, by the way, that means that the bond price from the last couple of weeks is down. It's actually dropped. That's how the, the current yield goes up. Don't have time to explain that right now, but uh, you can Google that if you'd like to or call me, ask me questions about it. So on a 10-year, if you're willing to lock that money up for 10 years, now you can sell it ahead of time, but if... Interest rates do go up. You're gonna, that bond price is going to drop. If you had to liquidate it early before the 10-year period, there's a pretty good chance you're going to lose money on it. So you're getting a 1.52% interest rate, and a, there's a chance that you might lose a little bit of money on it if interest rates were to go up over the next 10 years. Okay. And that 1.54% is actually taxable, which means you're getting $1,500 a year on $100,000. And you're going to have to pay taxes on it. $1,500 a year, 100000 bucks. Okay, what did I just say on the, the example? We took 82000 got 5000 a year. See, this is why I'm looking at this. It's, it, I think in today's environment, I think this is a pretty good uh, way to go. It makes sense in a lot of cases. In some cases, not so much. It's on a case-by-case basis. That's why we offer 
free consultations. And, um, you know, I, I have to apologize. I keep offering these things and a lot of people are taking me up on it and I'm spending a lot of time doing a lot of analysis. <laughs> so if it takes me three or four days to get back to you, that that's why, because we offer you a, a free conversation. Uh, I've had people sending spreadsheets and, uh, I've been putting in financial plans. That's not the easiest thing to, to enter all the information for, by the way. There's a lot of information that you need there. And it's caused me to go back to the drawing board and see if I can't simplify a lot of this. And, I, and I, I've already done a lot of it. And uh, we'll be talking about that uh, a little bit later in today's show when we talk about the economic thing because those things kind of kind of go together. And, uh, um, but yeah, so the, back to the example I was, I was talking about, somebody's got something they, they need to pay $5,000 a year for it. Well, if you had to pay $5,000 a year and you're getting 1%, Okay, 1% on 500,000 is 5,000. Think about that for a second. 1% on 500,000 is $5,000. So it take you $500,000 at 1% to make 5,000 bucks. So if you decided that you thought you would put the money in a fixed index annuity, you could potentially only have to put up $82,000 for that same $5,000. See, that's what I'm talking about. And again, this is not a CD. It's not a tax-free bond. You can cash those things in. If you were to pull this, the whole thing out at once, it would be, uh, you'd have an 8% or 9% penalty the first year. That goes down over time. It goes away at some point in time. But you don't have to pay uh, a sales charge going into it. Uh, and if, if you got hit by a bus, a lot of these have guarantees, this one in particular, but it's got guarantees that no matter what happened to the stock market, or how the money was invested that your family could not get back less than you put into it. Okay. So that, that's kind of cool. And that's a, that's relatively new for these types of products. It's been within the last few years that that element has, has come to uh, be more popular and it's good. I'm, I'm so glad to see those developments. In fact, these are some of the developments that are really good. You know what else has been a really good development? I don't care what kind of idea that you can have, there's a fund out there that's doing it. I mean, there are literally thousands, thousands, tens of thousands. Last time I looked at my Morningstar database, there were 67,000 funds inside of annuities. Now, a lot of those funds are the same funds, but there are, there are minimally 30,000 funds that are different, at least a little bit. That, what's really tough is differentiating a fund. I mean, there's only so many things you can do with your money. <laughs> there really is. Yeah, it, there's, there are a limited number of things that you can do with your money. And to have a few thousand uh, different options out there is uh, kind of funny. And uh, uh, it makes it a little bit easier for people like me who have been around for a long time and have seen this develop. Okay? It's very difficult for somebody who doesn't do this full time or is relatively new I feel bad for them. You're going to have to read all that stuff that that I read. Why? Well, here here's one of the, the funds I like a lot. It looks at companies whose uh, dividend yields are higher than average or in the top 10%, whose dividends have gone up each year for the, fast, for, for the past five years. And they also have to have a certain amount of profitability, return on assets. Why is that important? Well, you want the companies that you're investing in to be earning a profit on the money that you gave them, don't you? <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? You want them to be profitable? 
Okay, I, I would think that that's just common sense. Most people don't think that far. They just, well, what's the dividend yield? Okay, the uh, you can go that route. It's just a lot riskier. And when you ever ever have you ever heard of Enron? The uh, there are lots of companies that either had to suspend or remove their dividends completely, and who end up going broke. So figuring out which companies have profits, that doesn't mean it's going to stay profitable forever. But once the profitability drops below a certain level, it gets ejected from the fund. That's a big deal. People are, are, are much better at buying stocks than they are at selling stocks. Think about that. A lot of people are much better at buying the stock. They just don't know when to sell it. So these funds have criteria that, that, the stocks have to qualify for before they can actually be in the fund. And every fund I have has a set of criteria that that each stock in that fund has to qualify for. And it's done on an ongoing basis. It's managed on an ongoing basis. So, and that's a big deal. You've got to be able to make adjustments. And if you can't make the adjustments, you need to get with someone who can because Buying and holding is like getting in your car, turning it on, stomping on the gas without taking hold of the steering wheel and hoping, hoping that you make it home. Now, I, I hope nobody tries that, by the way. Yeah. Now that I say that, I think I've just scared myself. <laughs> Not a good idea. And I know you wouldn't do that. Why would you do that with your investments? Why would you get into something, not look at where it's been, where you're going, what it does, how it gets there? It, but people do it all the time and I know they, they hear stories, they see stuff and it's kind of how it goes. But, uh, realistically you just gotta get a, a pretty good grip and it, it's not that easy because there is so much stuff out there. That's just not true. You know, it, it's everywhere. It's all over the internet and, uh, it's, it makes it really difficult on, an awful lot of people because people want to believe that that stuff is true. And, you know, some of it, some of it is, and we'll talk a, a lot about what that stuff is. I think I've got about 45 seconds before I have to take a real quick commercial break. So I'll just uh, plug my website. If you hear something you'd like more information on here, just call me 440-6640-700 or go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. Try to put the question down. I, I get a lot of people who fill out everything except for the question. And so I'm trying to respond, but I, I don't know what I'm responding to. And uh, you're going to hear a lot of things here. You'd probably like more information. I got no problem sending out uh, links to websites, documents, whatever you'd like to see. The, uh, in fact, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the economy and what I see uh, happening right now. Which, you know, I'm a big proponent of not projecting out into the future, but just observing what's going on right now. Now that I hear the music, i got to take a real quick break. you listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned, because I will be right back. In the dark and all alone, growing comfortable. Are you too scared to move and walk out of this tomb? Buried underneath the lies that you believe. Safe and sound, stuck in the ground, too lost to be found. You're just a sleep, and it's time to leave. Come on and rise up, take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? 
And we're back. So like I was saying, if you have a question on anything you hear here uh, on this show, just feel free to go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. You can click on the contact us page. Try to remember to write your question in so I know what I'm <laughs> getting back to. It's uh, That cracks me up that people go to all the trouble of entering their email address, their names, and then they forget to write a question. That's a, uh, It's pretty funny. Anyway, I'd be glad to try to answer anything I can. Uh, we offer a free get acquainted meeting. Uh, I'm here in the same way. I am a uh, registered fiduciary, by the way. So even though I would operate in your best interest anyway, I think it helps to know that I am legally obligated to do that. <laughs> so um, so that's a good thing. You know, that's why I keep telling my fiance, you know, I, you're not legally obligated yet. <laughs> I'm not so sure, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the economics, what's happening right now, and, and you know, it's been, uh, wow, um, I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but I really don't hate to say uh, I told you so, because I told you so. <laughs> Back when the pandemic first started, I go, you know what's going to happen to this? It's going to propel the economy forward. You know Why? And it's, it's, that, that wasn't magic, by the way. Uh, that's just an observation that's been made over the years. Whenever countries, governments spend lots of money, the short-term reaction is GDP growth. You know, that, that's what happens. Now, if they handle it well through their taxation and, and spending, then it doesn't have as big of an impact on inflation as it could. That is out that 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 still hasn't been decided yet they did increase the social security payments this year by five percent that's the most they've increased that in decades yeah decades so they are recognizing that there's some uh inflation that's happening if you own real estate great you know it's been good for that real estate market uh if you are uh, in healthcare industries if you're in technology great that stuff has been flying uh, if you're in some of the other industries, it's a little slower, but they are starting to come back now. And that, that's kind of what we're seeing is that a lot of other industries that had slowed down quite a bit are starting to pick back up again. So that's a good thing. And the thing is, the cycle, and this is just part of the normal cycle, it, it, the abnormal part was the catalyst was COVID. You know, that's the catalyst. As much as it's destroyed, it's actually created more. And when, as things continue to die down, as some of the smaller businesses who are hurt really badly start to pick back up again, then the GDP growth continues to grow. And by the way, 95% of businesses in the country are smaller, smaller in size. The big businesses that you can think of, they're less than 5%. That's, isn't that amazing? So we are a nation of small businesses. That's basically the backbone of the economy. And as those begin to kick back in, you know, things are going to, they're going to heat up a little bit. Um, and again, the inflation is the key there. So you've got to have, you know, it wouldn't be a smart thing to put all of your money into something that's fixed. It depends on your age, actually. If, you, if you're older, if you're and you're retired and you don't have a lot of years to make it back up again, if, if you were to go through a 50% decline in the stock market like we saw in the year 2000, then we saw again in 2007 through 2009, 
Yeah, there's almost nobody that's out of college that hasn't seen one of those drops. And that can be a big problem for people. If you've got, especially if you're drawing on your savings for retirement, that's where the higher guaranteed rates can take a lot of pressure off of you to have to generate an income from an unstable income source. The stock market can be a source of income. It is for an awful lot of people. I would say probably 80%, 85% of, of my clients use stocks, whether it's individual stocks or um, portfolios and mostly portfolios and exchange traded funds, but they're using stocks to help fund their retirement. It's called a systematic withdrawal. We're probably all going to have to do it. I mean, unless you can live off of one and a half percent, don't mind locking your money up for 10 years. You know, and some people can live off of one and a half percent. Elon Musk could live off of one and a half percent. If you had a, uh, $10 million and could get by on, you know, 150,000 and pay your taxes on that. Well, you could get by on one and a half percent. Yeah. The vast majority of us are not in that category. Okay. So we're going to have to get a higher return than that. That's where the fixed index things come in. They help by taking some of the, the uh, pressure off of having to generate that income because that's going to come in regardless. And those are just economic conditions today. Um, is it going to change If I had to wager, I would say that interest rates probably going to be stuck in a relatively low range for an extremely long time period. Remember, when they raise interest rates by 1% or 2%, they have to pay that much more on all the treasury bonds that are coming due. Now, they don't all come due in one year, so it's not like it, it claps them over the head. But it is a big big increase in payments and those payments are just interest payments and they're not putting that money to work in some sort of a project where people are getting paid and contractors are getting paid and that money goes right into the economy right away they're actually taking money out of the economy Uh, banks are going to slow down on the loans that they're making because interest rates are going up that's just kind of how it works so i just can't imagine them doing that anytime real soon. I think rates are, are low. They're going to stay relatively low and we're going to have to rely. We get just a little bit more creative. And that's what I, I've seen happen. That That's one of the great things of a capitalist country. I, I wonder if China has insurance companies that sell fixed indexed annuities. That would be really interesting. Probably because they are pretty sophisticated. And uh, I, I would imagine that they probably do something like that. But uh, it'd be interesting to, to find out for sure. So anyway, um, economically, you know, the things are hopping. It's unbelievable how quickly the economy rebounded. I mean, I knew it was going to be fast. I didn't, I'm surprised at how fast it is. And I'm also pleasantly surprised by the number of industries that popped up, you know, they or were just kind of in their infancy and now are just standard. I mean, think about it. There, most businesses have a lot of people that are working from home. Well, they had to purchase equipment to be able to work from home, especially if you're going to work securely from a, 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 a home office, you know, that that's, there are an awful lot of high it people being hired for that. If you're a kid, just getting out of high school, don't know what you think you might want to do, but you kind of like computers. 
you might want to go into uh, into IT. Uh, the job openings there, they can't even fill. And you have to get some training, obviously, and you'll probably be going to school the rest of your life like the rest of us, that, and especially hard for me because I really didn't like school. <laughs> and I've, I've been going the entire... I, I've never stopped. And uh, I just can't believe it. But yeah, so get ready. I mean, that's basically what your life's going to be like. You have to keep up with the times and, and that's fine. But if, you, if you're a, a programmer, you like computers, and I talked to this kid, he's 15 years old, he's a Bitcoin miner, and, and uh, I'm just like, wow, you know, he's, this guy's really ahead of, his, ahead of the curve and, um, and is going to be able to do an awful lot of stuff. I'm going to have a lot of opportunity because he's, you know, he likes it and he's put the time in. So that, that's another thing I, I see. And, and it's not just in that area. I mean, heck, if you like construction, the trades, the, the young kids there, the opportunities there are enormous. I mean, buildings don't fix themselves and you can't hire, you know, the, nobody's going to get on a jet, come over here from China and do it for you and be able to charge you as <laughs> in a, at a competitive wage. So that kind of stuff, you know, then, and that's one of the things I think people don't understand. You know, they think that you have to be all manufacturing. No, you don't. Manufacturing is just the beginning of that stage. The maintenance, the ongoing maintenance of all those products and your households. Uh, that is, the service industries are bigger than manufacturing and have been for an incredibly long time period. Manufacturing was just something that we did a whole lot more of in this country. By the way, it is horrific to your environment. And ask anybody that's ever been to China what the environment what is like over there. They don't have an EPA or what well, they do, but it's just not that effective because they're more interested in making money. And, and they have to, I mean, they have to. Think about this for a second. You've got 1.3 billion people. They have 30% less land than we do. They got four times as many people with 30% less land. Think about that for a second. Four times the population, 30% less land. They have 10 cities the size of New York City. 10. So, you know, I talk about problems. <laughs> those are problems. And the good news is when we start to solve those problems, and we will, I don't have any doubt in my mind, whenever they get around to start solving those problems and when we start solving a lot of the problems that we have here, okay, yeah, that leads to more economic growth. GDP expands. So from an economic standpoint, this is like, you know, it's wonderful. I and mean, there's so many things, so many opportunities uh, it's a little bit harder because you have to have much better education because these problems are a little bit more sophisticated than, than problems were in the past. But you can get the education, though. If, if you're willing to do the work, and uh, there are government programs out there that will help you with that. And for those people that are really poor, I feel bad for because, uh, man, they, they could be doing a lot more stuff. We need to uh, start to address some of those issues. Well, I'm, now I'm sounding like a liberal, and, and believe me, I'm not. The... Uh, but uh, I'm right in the middle, by the way. I think both sides, you know, you should listen and uh, try to just do the best you can. That That's it. If everybody just did the best they could, uh, we would, uh, and we are doing well, you know. So the country's doing incredibly well. I'm so tired of hearing nothing but bad news on, on most of the media. Are you kidding? 330 million people in this country and we're getting along? <laughs> 
when you fly in a plane, look down at all that stuff down there and say, it's all working. <laughs> anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, thanks for listening. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.